Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now here's your host, Richard Carthon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Memento. Own exclusive content from your favorite creators. You can buy, sell, resell, donate, or own your favorite moments via NFT. Memento allows for content creators to frictionlessly turn their content into NFTs on the blockchain. You can browse, search, and purchase videos you are interested in. You can even set lifetime royalties with their smart contracts to track your content. For more information, go to MementoNFT.com. Again, that's MementoNFT.com. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest all the way out in New York working on an extremely cool NFT project and the ecosystem and all the things NFT that I'm excited to learn more about. And I hope you are too. We have the CEO and founder, Julian of Memento. How are you doing today? Hey, Richard. Great. Excited. Awesome, man. Well, before we dive in, I want to learn more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? So I've been in crypto since 2012. I uh, bought my first Bitcoin from uh, Charlie Shrem. Charlie Shrem was the founder of BitInstant. It was the, that was like the first exchange here in the U.S. for Americans to, to be able to buy Bitcoin. Uh, he was the guy that brought uh, the Winklevoss into uh, the Bitcoin ecosystem. There was a lot of buzz happening at that time. Nothing like today, but I think, you know, for something so new, we had a couple of meetup groups in New York. There was the Bitcoin Center on Wall Street. Yeah, I got into every project I could. I said yes to everything. And uh, so that led me to be one of the first ASIC miners on Earth. I ended up at the Bitcoin Magazine in 2013. I worked with uh, Vitalik. So Vitalik Buterin was the co-founder of the Bitcoin Magazine. At the time, he wrote like 80%, 80 to 90% of all the articles. I helped review maybe about a half or a quarter of those and just all the operations, all the behind the scenes stuff, and then the physical distribution of the magazine in New York. Because New York City at that time was like crucial to the growth of like crypto. The Ethereum white paper, uh, I, was, I was one of the first to receive it, review it. We published it at a six-page spread in, in the Bitcoin magazine in uh, January 2014. And that's sort of when it came out right to the world. So being on the ground floor of like all of that stuff and seeing what crypto is today is, is really amazing. I personally couldn't have imagined that, like, that this would be at the scale that it is right now. And I still think we're early. I think we're super early in, in this show. Yeah, I mean, it's highly encouraging hearing you say that someone I would consider a crypto OG been in space since 2012, working ground level, some of the first people in Bitcoin, even with Vitalik himself and seeing the white paper. It's clear that you saw this and said, this is the future. I need to be in this industry. So kind of walk us through like being in this initial phase of seeing crypto coming to life and being through a couple bull and bear cycles. And now we're in a current, you know, potential end of a, a, a bullish cycle right now, man, like. How would you describe that journey to the newbie? So like the newbie that just heard that and was like, ah, what do you mean I'm early? Like I'm, I'm a decade late. Like why would you still tell them like, hey, it's still early? Our perspective of what it was, you know, what the future was going to be like was very messy, right? Bitcoin essentially only gave you the ability to have like a global ledger 
and maybe transfer money back and forth. So we took the position that Bitcoin was going to be the new currency. And that's sort of what we were trying to push. A lot of POS systems sort of came up, a lot of ATMs, right? All those initial ATM companies and stuff like that. We would give out Bitcoin, right? A lot of people don't realize like all of the, all of the, almost all of the Bitcoin, like pre-2014 was just like given out, shared. Like, you know, we wanted people to adopt it, right? Like have it on their phones and just, you know, like share it around. And today that's totally changed, right? And I think specifically what what Ethereum did with the smart contracts, the ability for tokens and right, what led to NFTs has totally changed how we think about crypto, right? And just those things were just not top of mind, right? I mean, CryptoKitties as a project really blew up in like 2016. Imagine like this, you know, there, there were there were years where we weren't even really thinking about digital ownership of assets off the blockchain, right? Like we, we weren't even thinking about that. And I, I think the number one thing to me that signals that this is the beginning is DeFi, right? Like if you ask me, DeFi really changed everything because now you have individuals that are staking anywhere from $50 to $50 million, right? The larger sort of funds to pursue a yield, right? So they're just like, yo, I'm going to lock up my money. I'm going to keep it here. I don't have to move it because I'm happy enough getting the five, seven, eight, 10, 12% that I can't really get anywhere else, right? And so now, now, now people are incentivized to just support the community that way. And that's why I don't think we're going to have like a crazy, you know, bear market because people, it's just no reason for people to pull out of crypto. Uh, there might be some corrections, of course, right? It's not guaranteed, but we're never going to see, like what we used to see, the bus cycles we used to see was like, you know, crypto losing 70, 60% market cap in like a week. <laughs> and then everyone being like scared to come back in and then you got to wait a couple more months and it gets back in the news cycle. And that's what we need, right? Because like in this new future, now we can build on it. People can now understand and depend on the ecosystem, the infrastructure, because it's not going anywhere. We're like now in the phases where like we can make steel reliably. So now it's like, let's make the trains, right? Let's make the train lines. Let's build the train companies. Right, where before it was like we're kind of figuring out like what was the perfect mixture to make steel. Yeah. No, you, you bring up a good point, man. It's like earlier you're building the infrastructure, you're laying down the groundwork. You have to have people who first were owning it and then telling others and letting it organically start to grow. Shout out to all the people who got early Bitcoin and held on. Congratulations. You got one of the greatest gifts ever given to you in life. Which, by the way, was not me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, like I said, I spent most of my time giving it away sharing and evangelizing. And I've lost probably 20, 50, 100 Bitcoin in like different experiments, paper wallets and some early stuff where I just can't get it back. Right. Stuff, it happens. But it's in a lesson that you've learned and you were able to accelerate and help with your momentum of where you're headed. And the only thing I just want to bring up real quick is I do agree with you that the next bear cycle that we go through, the difference here is that there's legitimacy, there's foundation, and there's now DeFi and, and, and staking. The fact that they will start to start jacking up those APYs if it means you don't dump all of their crypto and they will like let you make sure that there is a nice piece of support there. I don't know if we're going to see 80% drops anymore, 90% drops, even 70. I think we still could see like 50 to 60, but like that's still significantly less than what it used to be. So I will chalk that up as a win. You know, time will tell, we will see. But I want to learn more about Memento. So what is it? When did you come up with it? And tell us more about it. Yeah, so Memento is a direct-to-fan NFT platform where we help creators own their content and monetize their audience. And so for their audience, for their fans, 
that really means closer relationships, more direct relationships, and the ability to grow with their favorite creators, right? The people who inspire them. From working with Vitalik, you know, and sort of seeing all the projects early on in the space, you know, what I felt my, the biggest insight was what would have the most potential would be in transitioning the most successful Web 2.0 project, right? Especially on a social scale. I think, you know, social kind of like impacted me and I think everyone in our generation pretty significantly. And I just felt like, wow, what would that look like on Web, on, on 3.0, right? And for us, 3.0 was always defined as ownership and utility, right? And so like, because the big problem with like social media today, whether it's TikTok or uh, Facebook, is that what they're really doing is like attention manipulation, right? They're just running ads to satisfy their own balance sheets, right? And sort of manipulating attention and shifting those ads and showing them to different groups where they want to monetize. I think that the, the future Web3 allows the creator to own all of their content, right? Grow with that content and share it directly to the people who are willing to pay for it, right? It's just like a, it's a faster, more liquid, I think more efficient way to price your content, right? Because if you're a creator, you're putting out the best of you into the world. And so there's really no reason for there to be like an arbitrary, you know, like a, a middleman standing in between that and your audience, whose only purpose is to run ads that have nothing to do with your content. I, I think more and more projects are gonna, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And so for us, right, and I can't say it enough, it's all about the content, right? We're not here to like pump and dump coins or right, creator coins or, or anything like that. It's really about the content. We want to help people establish those closer relationships. I mean, when I was younger, I wish I had a closer relationship with all of the athletes that I used to used to look up to, basketball players, baseball players. And I think, you know, finally, this is possible. Agreed, man. And, you know, as I'm just going through the website and looking at this, you know, I, I see some of the celebrities that you have, some of the examples and being able to turn those into these NFT moments. So like, walk me through what that looks like. So for example, like, let's say I am following an athlete I like LeBron James, right? And let's say that he's putting up one of his classic Taco Tuesday videos. Would yeah. it be that if I really enjoy that video, I now can buy that video as an NFT for my collection or kind of walk me through like how that, that would look? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to own that moment. Right. And, and somewhere down the line, the creators are going to know, like I'm making NFTs, right? This isn't just like content that I'm putting up on social. I'm specifically making NFTs, right? So there's going to be a little more value there. And then on top of that, LeBron gets to add perks to the ownership, right? Because he knows this is going out to someone who is a super fan who really cares about what he's doing, what, you know, about, about his brand. He'll say, hey, whoever, whoever owns my NFTs will have access to a live stream, maybe once a quarter, right? Or once a month or, you know, whatever his schedule is. He can even throw in, right, uh, game passes, right? VIP passes, uh, game tickets, or if he knows he's going to be in a certain city, you know, for a meet and greet. So you're going to have exclusive access to, right, his community. You're going to be part of his tribe. That's cool, man. And I guess another question I have with that is the play with Memento that Memento is helping these different creators come on and be able to create their own like strategies around like how to make these NFT type plays in ecosystems. Or is it that they just now have a way to do it and they have to come up with their own like kind of strategies and how they want to implement it? Like how does, how does that part work. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, this is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know 
to get ahead in the wild world of Web3. So if you really want to stay cryptocurrent, join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrent's YouTube channel today. And as always, stay cryptocurrent. So we know that the creators are way more creative than we are, right? So we're trying to really just put together the tool set and sort of the, the infrastructure around them to allow them to create, right? So we can help them. I'm not sure how useful our help will be on the creative side, right? But yeah, it, it's totally up to them, right? They get to price and create whatever, whatever they feel like is best for their audience, right? Because for us, the whole purpose of this is pure, raw authenticity, right? So we want you to get the human that is LeBron James, right? The human that is Taylor Swift, the human that is Cardi B, right? We want you to really sort of see and engage with that because we think that that's where the, the value is, right? Because there's already all these systems of distribution for the music, for the art, for the athleticism. You know, we know where we can see that on TV, buying the, the record on YouTube, right? High post-production stuff. But that human, right? They're humans, right? It took them, you know, 20, 30 years to come up with the great stuff that they do that inspires others. So, right, maybe if more people can get a little closer to that, maybe they can continue to be inspired in their lives. Oh, absolutely, man. And like you said, it's about the people and people enjoy those moments. There's reasons that people enjoy going to music festivals and concerts and comedy shows It's to enjoy these moments with others. And even when you're having that one-on-one, -on -one, like you don't know what, what people are going on through their life, but maybe there's a song or maybe there's a moment where there's a piece of motivation that someone really enjoyed. For example, I follow Russell Wilson and every once in a while he will drop an absolute gem of a motivational speech. I'm like, ah, man, this is gold. And I share with people. But like in that moment, if, if like you were able to like potentially purchase that and be like, oh man, like I really, like this really spoke to me. Like I would love to own this. Something like Memento would give the opportunity to do that. And on top of that, what I was looking I noticed that it looks like you would be able to connect different types of wallets. I saw that you used to have a MetaMask, Coinbase wallet, everything else. So it seems like this is a decentralized platform or is this centralized? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it will be fully decentralized in uh, 2022. We're doing a multi-chain approach, right? So the creator will be able to choose what chain they want to mint their NFTs to. Again, that's another thing that we're not going to say, hey, you know, this is the ultimate chain, you know, it's one chain to rule them all. If the creator feels like minting on Ethereum, he can do that. If he feels like minting on Flow, he can do that. Solana, et cetera. But like I said, we're just trying to provide ground zero for, hey, this is where moments are exchanged, right? Like when you really think about it, it's kind of like a stock market for digital content. Content is the new asset class and buying is the new like. That's really what we're trying to put out there. No, that's cool, man. It is definitely a unique use case. And I'm excited to see how people are going to engage with this, man, just because there's super fans everywhere. And like you said, a lot of the infrastructures that are out there are have a middle person. And a lot of these content creators ultimately are seeing pennies on the dollar of what they're creating. And it sounds like this is going to allow them to have significantly more and even multiples and royalties on top of it. Like that's just a whole nother game plan that like a lot of people don't necessarily understand yet. The fact that even though you sell this once, even if this new person owns it and then they want to resell it every time it's resold, they get a piece of that. And that's amazing. Yep, yep. Actually, yeah. So there are real uh, royalties attached to the NFT. And of course, the fans can, you know, resell to other fans. But we also even have a uh, internal mechanism around our token that works within the app that allows you to, once you own an NFT, 
benefit from future royalties of all future NFTs sold by that creator, right? That's like the real super fan, right? That's the super fan that buys content from a creator to hold on to it, right? They want to support long-term and they want to grow with their creators. There's a lot of incentive mechanisms that we have. Users, casual users will even uh, earn a small little yield for just liking or sharing some of the content. Right, so we're experimenting with a lot of things that you just don't see in traditional social media because that's not the point. Right, the point of traditional social media is just to run ads, and uh, it's lucrative, but it's one-sided and it's full of friction. We're not getting what we want. Content creators are not getting what they want. It's just a mess. You see a lot of the issues that we've been seeing the past five to ten years in social media, where it just becomes like a set pool of noise. Right. Everybody kind of feels bad and negative about it. Yeah, you bring up a lot of solid points, man. And you think about the point of social media, just like you said, the point was for advertisements and it was to monetize that way. And with this, it's still, you still have your content and yes, you can still monetize, but it's going directly to your consumer. It's, you're going directly to that person. So it's just that next level of true connection and having ways that if people want to own something, they can go directly to almost like an art gallery, right? So if you go into an art gallery, you're like, I like this piece. I want this piece. You walk away with that piece, right? Now living in this virtual world, you have the access to do that, but, but not just with artists, with anyone that you are really influenced by. So that's pretty cool, man. So one of the other things that I kind of want to unpack here is as we look at the greater like NFT space, there's been a lot of momentum this year. 2021 has been a significant like next wave of excitement in this space. And you know, we've seen different waves of this from like 2017 when the first CryptoKitty craze happened to the beginning of this year with a lot of the crypto punks that took off. Uh, even though that was made in the last bull cycle, you have Board 8 Yacht Club, et cetera. You're starting to see more traditional artists starting getting into the NFT plays and NFTs truly are growing in a significant way. What is your outlook as you look at the future of the space and, and how do you think it's going to continue to evolve? I've seen it firsthand. Uh, about two weeks ago, I was at a private Board Ape Yacht Club event here in New York, and it blew my mind. I've been to a lot of parties, but there was something different about this, and it was unexpected, right? I didn't expect that that was going to be the vibe. I didn't expect that. And so many other people were engaged. I had really no idea. I knew people were owners of Board Apes, of course, but you know the fact that they were willing to all sort of, or a good number of them show up in New York, and just the way it was set up, I think Board Apes on the community side is like A plus, right? Like they are S tier right now. They're, they're getting it right. And uh, I can only imagine this is the, just the beginning. So I think that it's all about community, right? It's all about building uh, that community around these NFT drops. And that's where we're seeing people really want to engage, right? It's, it seems to have been like, it's never really been just about the picture, right? The picture might be cool, but it's not defining this was a warehouse in Brooklyn. I think all those people in that warehouse were generally happy to be there under one cause, right? That's where I think most of this is probably going. I do see the price point of NFTs maybe coming down where it becomes more commonplace. But what we're really doing is the volume increasing, right? Because like in the late 90s, Google set out to organize all of the world's information. If you think about our transition into Web3, we're going to have to do the same thing. Right? So we're going to have to take all the content, right? all the hours and all the time that we spend collectively on the internet has to now be categorized and given up to ownership because that's what people 
are saying they want to do. They want to own, you know, take back their sort of digital time, take back their digital assets. This is the next 25 years, right? And so I think that projects are just going to expand into more aspects of our reality and how we spend our time digitally. And art was sort of phase one. Music is sort of coming and we're seeing projects develop around that. And then everything else is our socialized, which is what Momento is trying to uh, start with. Yeah, I think that's a really good picture. And everything comes in different w- waves and layers. And you have to have some of those initial movers to, to get the ball rolling. I think kind of like you said, NFT prices overall might start to mention as far as like the relative place where it's being traded. So for example, like instead of buying something for 100 ETH, you might be buying it for 75, 50. But I think the arbitrary thing there is that like the price is most likely going up. Like I think ETH is going to continue to go up in price. Same with Solana, same with Tezos, same with these other places where you can start launching these NFTs. And so even though you're spending less of the native token, cost-wise, you might be spending a little bit more in the long run. But all the same right now as we currently are, we've definitely seen some tops. I don't don't know that we'll necessarily get back to those in this short amount of time, but it's exciting all the same to see where these NFT plays are headed. And even as you step away from NFTs, you look at just the crypto landscape, right? How much it's changed in basically a decade since you've entered the space. What do you think will continue to be the, the larger play that people should be looking at? Do you think people need to continue looking at DeFi? Do you think it's the metaverse? Like, what do you think is one of the next big waves that people need to be aware of? The best way to bet on the metaverse is through NFTs, right? Because that's essentially what they're really saying they're going to try to do is organize, you know, all of the content in the metaverse through ownership. So the best way there uh, is NFTs. I would say, you know, really look out for those large projects, especially like in gaming, right? Imagine if Ubisoft adopted, right, some sort of NFT standard, right, where now you can own, you know, things in Assassin's Creed. People will do that like crazy, right? Imagine Grand Theft Auto, right? I mean, we've been playing the this last online version for six, seven years, right? That same version for six, seven years. So imagine the next version, you can actually own things. I mean, that would just be bonkers. Once we start seeing things like that happen, that it's going to be huge, right? Whether it's PlayStation, Microsoft, or Nintendo that manages that, or the, you know, game design houses, it's just going to be another exponential explosion. But I would say definitely, you know, focus on NFTs there. Kind of like what Oculus is doing. People are excited about that. I've been with Oculus since day one. I'm like on my third one, my third version now. And it's cool that you can go to Best Buy now and buy it for a couple hundred bucks, but they still have a lot of work to do. That part of the metaverse still has a lot, a lot of work to do. And then from here to there, you know, like I mentioned before, I think we're just going to see more companies trying to tie our real world experiences and give them some sort of ownership and utility process, right? And like what we know is that brands... And artists and celebrities are really, really interested in doing this, right? So they want to immortalize, you know, their content and their collaborations with others on the blockchain. Like they want to do that now. I think you're just going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of content come onto the blockchain. Uh, And that's what it was designed for. We're using this global ledger the right way. When it comes to DeFi, I think the institutional investors will just keep pouring money in. I don't even think it's mostly like individuals that are benefiting from DeFi, even though they should, because they can. I think more and more institutions are going to feel more and more comfortable with DeFi. And the older school institutions are still going to be piling into like crypto ETFs and, and stuff like that, right? So 
you know, where this is going. Uh, so Bitcoin is already over a trillion dollars. The whole crypto market is about three right now. Gold is at 10. And gold has been around for thousands of years. Like, like the growth is like insane when you really think about it. Governments keep printing more money, right? The U.S. money, the US money supply is like up over 40%. You know, I, I think it sort of paints a clear picture of like where this is going. And it's just a matter of time until central banks start jumping into crypto. And right? we've already seen rumors of that and, and ideas of that, you know. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting next 50, you know, 40, 50 years. No one is even going to, I think, remember what, you know, <laughs> 2013, 2015 was like. It's going to be so incredible. 2020 from on, it's just going to be, it's going to be amazing. Agreed, man. But going back to your earlier statement that you made in this podcast is we're still so early. A lot of people, so even myself, I like to talk about the next decade because I think for some people, they can't even wrap around their head around the next decade. But you brought up 40, 50 years and you're right. Next 40, 50 years, crypto's still going to be here. There's still going to be like new integrations of it. There's going to be so much that's been built out by that point that that level of where the world's going to be is just, I can't even fathom them. I don't know if anybody can, but all the same, we're still early in this. There's still a lot of opportunity. It's a lot to be excited about. And congratulations if you're listening to this. You're early. You're in. Keep finding ways to be involved. So as we kind of wrap up here, man, I always like to finish with two fun questions. The first being, with all the information you have right now, if you could go back and impart wisdom to yourself back in 2012 when you were first getting in this space, what are one to two things that you would tell yourself? Number one thing, hold. Just hold. Don't sell. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is definitely without... A shadow of a doubt, the number one thing I would say, right? Just hold. And I, and I think that's still valid now. I think Bitcoin is still an excellent investment. I think it's a good place to just like, you know, have some cash there. Like if you can put in 5K, even if it's a little bit of a sacrifice and just hold there for the next decade, right? It, 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 it'll, be, it'll be worth it. Try, you know, experiment more, you know, even though I was in the thick of it and around, you know, incredible early projects, I wish I would have, you know, jumped in even harder. So I had access to the uh, Ethereum private pre-ICO sale. And, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to say what those numbers were like. I should have maybe just thrown more money in terms of investment in, in, into things like that. I think today, today, particularly, that's maybe a little more dubious, a little scarier now, because there's just like there's over like 6,000 projects in existence. I think what's going to win is going to be a combination of Silicon Valley and crypto, right? So like people who know how to build technology scale businesses, but are focused on crypto first, on decentralization. So those people are going to be best of both worlds and really create things that you can bet on. I'm still a little hesitant on the idea that, you know, because like we saw that in 2017, right? Just people in 2017, the ICO boom, people were just like, raising money on, on, on flashy slides, right? Slide decks and, you know, so that proved itself, right? So I think you're going to see better, better, higher quality operators, right? Really bring good projects to, to, to life. I would say, you know, once you see even the glimpse of traction, whether it be on the funding side or on the user and growth side, you should probably jump in. Yeah, I think that's some, some good nuggets. Hoddle. Hold on for dear life. One, the other is that there's just going to be a lot more opportunities in this space. And if you find one, put some money on it and just give it time. And if you believe in the team, if you believe in what they're ultimately trying to accomplish, 
you have a chance to see some pretty good ROI. But again, do your research, make sure it's something that you are confident or comfortable with. And just again, give yourself time. Time in the world of crypto can seem like a, a lifetime, three months, three days, it seem like a lifetime. But again, give, give some stuff some years and ultimately you, you typically come out on top if you, if you just give yourself a big enough time horizon. But Julian, you know, as we wrap up here, man, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners here today? I think maybe some of this is a little outside of crypto. Never be scared to dream. This was a, a, an obscure project among libertarians and like Occupy Wall Street. That, that, that's what this really was in, in, in the early days. Crypto anarchists was a thing. The tools that were built were now sort of out there in the world and people can now do more productive things that we hope are sort of shaping and changing humanity. And so I'd say, you know, don't be scared to dream as big as you can, right? These tools are out there. Um, apply them in your real lives, right? To like whatever it is that you're passionate about. Crypto can only help. You know, you have the tool sets, dig in, understand, you know, some of the topics, you know, read some of the old articles. I know I'm a little biased to old articles, <laughs> but, um, you know, dream big. It's what we can do. That's a, a great final thought. Very inspirational. It's a good reminder that a lot of people get so wrapped up in trying to, I don't want to say meet the status quo or have aspirations of what they want to do and we'll lose sight of it for the here and now, but keep on dreaming, keep on going after it. And you might just find a way to, to live it, but you have to keep on keeping on and, and letting that dream exist. So thank you for that great final thought. Julian, what are ways that people can learn more about Memento and connect with you? Yeah, so you could, everyone here, right, your audience uh, should definitely go to our website, sign up to our mailing list at Momento, M-O-M-E-N-T-O, NFT.com. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. So technically, we're still in stealth mode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at Twitter, it's a product underscore J. Excited to have you guys on board and um, bring you the moments that matter to you. Excellent. Well, Julian, we're excited to see what ultimately happens with Memento. I know I'm going to be signing up for that newsletter list. And we appreciate you spending some time with us today. For everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from OMS21. Exciting info on crypto and what's going on in the industry. Love the energy Richard brings with the guests. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. 
I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.